Our text for this morning will be taken from the book of Mark, chapter 4. We'll read verses 35 through 41. And the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, technology is an amazing thing. Now, Many times because of satellite imaging and other technology available, it's very easy to track a storm, particularly with hurricanes. Um, They can't prevent them from happening, but they can certainly predict them. Often they can even tell what category storm it's going to be. They can even estimate at times Uh, when it'll reach landfall and at what time it will. And even though there's uh, devastation, it it greatly minimizes the loss of life because of this technology. People have a choice. They can batten down the hatches or they can go to higher ground or they can evacuate and get out of the path of that storm altogether. Don't you wish life could operate that way? Wouldn't it be nice if we had the capability of seeing a storm coming? We could prepare for it. We could possibly go to higher ground or evacuate, run away from it. But we know life doesn't happen that way. Oftentimes storms come into people's lives very unexpectedly, even suddenly. Maybe you're in the middle of a storm now. Maybe yesterday it was beautiful and the sun was shining and everything was calm and what a difference a day could make. Well, this here is a a familiar account of Christ's disciples and they found themselves in an unexpected storm. We see the reaction. Uh, They panicked. They feared. They doubted. They wondered, Lord, are you even there? Do you even care? Master, carest thou not that we perish? How do we respond to the storms as they come into our lives? Maybe we respond the same way. Uh, You know, it's interesting. They must have forgotten that Jesus was right in the boat with them. The Bible tells us that. Yet they forgot the Lord was with them. No doubt they probably failed to realize God's power to calm the storm. You know, we don't want to forget the Lord has power to calm the storm in our lives. The Lord is with us. We're all going to face storms in our lives. That's that's just a fact. The Word of God tells us 
In this world you shall have tribulation. I've said it before, but that's a promise in God's Word. It's one you can claim for yourself. But the second part of that says, Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. You know, being a follower of Christ, being a disciple of Jesus, even being obedient to the Lord's will doesn't give us immunity to the storms. We're still going to face them. Again, this account here, they were being obedient to what the Lord commanded them to do. He said, let us pass over onto the other side so we can see they were in the perfect will of God, obeying what the Lord said, and yet they still encountered a storm. But the Lord said, let us pass over onto the other side. You know, the Lord can get you to the other side. The Lord has promised to get us to the other side, but we're going to encounter some storms along the way. Again, in that account that Brother Darrell read, Matthew 14, 22, it said, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side. So the Lord gave them a commandment. They were following God's instructions, and yet they still encountered a storm. You know, we're not guaranteed immunity from the storm. Like I said, God never promised we wouldn't face them, but He did promise us that He will be with us when we do. That's a great comfort. The world doesn't have that guarantee. But thank God, when we face those storms, the Lord can be right there with us. I thought of some promises in God's Word. Isaiah 59, verse 19 says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him doesn't say if, but it says when. But thank God we don't face those storms alone. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Psalm 34.19 Many are the afflictions of the righteous. That may not sound very encouraging, but you know what? Many are the afflictions of the unrighteous. They face the same trials, but thank God the Bible says that the Lord... The righteous, the Lord delivereth them out of them all. You know, I would way rather be in a storm knowing I was in the center of God's will than being in a storm outside the will of God. Storms will come, but thank God the Lord will be with us in those storms. Isaiah 25, 4 says, For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm. So we know storms will come, but thank God... We can know the master of the storm. You know, there's two types of people in the world. Those who are in the middle of a storm and those who will be going into a storm. I don't know where you're at this morning, but you're in one of those two places. But God can be with you in the storm. You know, a well-known evangelist said there are two types of storms in life. There are those perfecting storms And there are those correcting storms. Some storms are designed to perfect our faith, to strengthen our confidence in the Lord. Sometimes the Lord may allow some adversity in our lives to prove our faith. How would we ever know that the Lord could calm a storm if we never encountered one for ourselves? How will we know God's grace is sufficient and His strength is perfect in weakness if we uh, never encountered a difficulty? So sometimes the Lord, in His love, really, sends a difficulty our way so we can prove the Lord. And He wants to perfect 
His will in our lives. We read those, an account of that, an example of that in the text we read and in the scripture reading. Again, the disciples were doing the will of the Lord and they encountered a storm. But you know what happened as the Lord calmed the wind and the waves and the sea. It says that they marveled. They said, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? It's interesting that that account of Jesus walking on the water, it's you read that narrative and also in the book of Mark, and it lets us know that just prior to this miracle, the disciples had witnessed another miracle. God had fed, or the Lord had fed 5,000 with just a few loaves and some fish. They'd witnessed the miracle, but you know, apparently that might have not been enough to convince them for sure. They were following Jesus. They knew that Jesus was of God, but I don't think they really, even at that point, realized the power there was. In Christ, but then they came to the storm. It says that as they were in that boat, and as Jesus got back in that boat, got Peter safely in that boat, it says that the wind and the waves they ceased, and it says, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. And they worshiped the Lord. We see before they were following the Lord, now we see them worshiping the Lord. And this is the first time we read publicly where they actually confessed with their mouth, Thou art. The Son of God. It took a storm to prove who He was, but it got their attention and it convinced them. So sometimes those perfecting storms are there to help us prove the Lord and God will be with us. Then there are those correcting storms. You know, sometimes these are storms that could be avoided, but they're designed for a purpose. Those correcting storms are designed often to get us back on course. We read about an account in the book of Jonah. Chapter 1, verse 4, we see this type of storm. It says, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. It says, The Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. Well, of course, we know this account. Jonah had received specific instructions from the Lord himself, told him to go to Nineveh and preach to the city there. Jonah had his own ideas. He went just the opposite direction. So as a result of his disobedience, God sent a storm. You know, sometimes those storms have an effect on others as well. It's naive to think that your disobedience... Or your rebellion against the Lord will only affect you. No, it will affect those around you. It will affect your house, your home. It will affect many around you. Uh, the storm had an effect on others there in verse 10 of that same chapter. It says, Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So they were wondering, Why did you bring this upon us? Of course we know. Jonah told him what the problem was. He said he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. But you know, after they threw Jonah overboard, we see another dramatic change here. It says in verse uh, 16, it says, Then the man feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. The previous verse says, So they took Jonah up and cast him forth, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the man feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Previously in that chapter, it says these men cried out to their other gods. They were idol worshipers. 
They encounter this storm. They call on the name of God. God proves he's the one true God. And these men, they sacrificed to the Lord, got them on track. And you know what? It got Jonah back on track. You know that account. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it tells us this. It says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou hearest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. He was in that depth of that fish's belly in the middle of that storm. It had a desired effect. He called on the Lord. We read verse 9, it says, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that, that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. God's hand was in the storm from the beginning to the end. I don't know what it would be like to be vomited out by a fish. I kind of imagine it might be like being shot out of a cannon. I don't know. I don't know if Jonah landed on his feet, but we know he hit the ground running, and he did that which he vowed to the Lord. God got his attention in that storm. It was a correcting storm. Do you know that whole situation could have been avoided if Jonah had simply obeyed the Lord in the first place? Maybe you're in the midst of a correcting storm. You know, as long as we refuse to yield to the Lord, that storm may continue. We can read in Psalm chapter 107, verse 25 through 30. It says, For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. God sends those correcting storms for a purpose. The Lord loves us. He wants to get us back on course. It's amazing how stubborn some people can be sometimes. What's tragic is people will actually perish in those storms because they refuse at times to yield to the Lord. But you know, if you're willing to let the Lord uh, correct you, get you back on course, the Lord will speak peace and that storm can cease. That storm can cease for you this morning. If you're here and you're uh, facing a correcting storm, let God work that purpose out in your life. God has divine purposes for the storms, whether they're a correcting or a perfecting storm, the Lord is in them both. You know, sometimes maybe the Lord allows you to be in a storm to benefit somebody else. Paul the Apostle faced a storm like that. In Acts 27, we read the account where he was uh, being sent to Rome to stand trial. And there in the Mediterranean Sea, they encountered a, a, a horrible storm. It says that the sun and moon didn't appear for many days. It says that all hope that the they would be saved was lost. Uh, it was a desperate time for those men on that ship. To no, no fault of Paul's, he actually warned them not to set out, and they did anyway, and they encountered this terrible storm. 
They threw everything overboard, the tackling, everything. They were desperate. They thought for sure they were going to die. And in the middle of all this, you know what Paul does? He stands up. He says, be of good cheer. I don't know how you would feel. These seasoned sailors, they probably thought this is the next thing that needs to go overboard. I don't know. Paul had no experience with ships or sailing, but you know, he did have some experience with storms. And Paul knew the master of the storm. Paul recounted the different times that God had brought him through those storms in the past. And he could say with confidence, he said, the Lord appeared to me. There won't be any loss of life. The ship will be lost, but every soul was saved. And we read that account. Sure enough, that's exactly what God did. They were washed up on an island there. And on that island, there happened to be a man who was deathly ill. Uh, needed Paul to pray for him, and he was saved. You see, God's hand was in this storm from the very beginning. Maybe God, just maybe God is allowing a storm in your life to encourage and strengthen somebody else. But thank God the Lord is in the midst of the storms. He's with us. You know, God's Word gives us some keys for surviving the storms of life. One of those keys we know is to be obedient to the word of the Lord, to walk in faith and obedience. You know, we want to be on a solid foundation when those storms come. Jesus told a story in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. The storm came to both these men. The storms come to the righteous as well as the unrighteous. But the key is building upon the Word of God. The key is obeying God's Word. The key is laying that foundation on that solid rock, Christ Jesus. The storms will come. But thank God the Lord will help us to endure those storms. We want to be built upon that rock, that Word of God, the one that not only hears but does what the Word of God instructs us to do. You know, it's interesting. I found an article a few years ago And it told about a group of homes that had actually been built in the 90s in Dade County, Florida. Of course, we know, I think in the early 90s, Hurricane Andrews swept through that region of the country. And many homes were destroyed, completely devastated. But they noticed there was just this little section of homes that withstood the storms. It was actually, these were homes that were built by Habitat for Humanity. There were uh, lower-income homes uh, built with volunteer help, but they abided by a very stringent set of building codes. They abided by every federal, state, and local building code. They built basically according to a predetermined standard of building codes. And the article said, meeting these requirements and regulations and local building codes saved people's homes. You want to withstand the storms of life. You want to build according to a predetermined set of building codes right here in God's Word. God has given us 
the the instructions, the building codes, the regulations to follow. You know, uh, God has designed His Word. He engineered it with the purpose in mind of helping us to withstand those storms that we need to build according to the Word of God. If we do that, God will help us. He'll help you to endure those storms. Says the one that tries to do it their own way. You know, you can take shortcuts. You can make your own set of standards. But it says in the end, that house will fall and great will be the fall of it. So thank God when those storms come, we can build on that rock, Christ Jesus. You know, the other key is to keep our eyes on the Lord. Again, that account in Matthew, when Jesus, it says, uh, Peter, he's, he walked on the water to Jesus. You know, he's doing just fine until he kept, as long as he kept his eyes on the Lord. But it says, when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and he began to sink. We can criticize Peter. We can say, well, he should have kept his eyes on the Lord. Well, that's true. But Peter was the only one with enough faith to get out of that boat. I wonder if the other disciples were kind of hanging back. Go for it, Peter. (laughs) We'll see what happens. But we know as he began to sink, you know what? He did the right thing. Maybe sometimes you feel like you're going through life and you are going the right direction and all of a sudden you get bombarded with all of these cares. The storms of life start to blow in and you might feel like you're going to be uh, overtaken and you'll sink. You know, I love what Peter did. He just looked back to the Lord. He says, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Just sent up a cry to the Lord. You know, that wasn't a prayer of negotiation. That wasn't a prayer of complaint. That was a desperate cry from Peter's heart. It's also the shortest recorded prayer in the Bible. Lord, save me. But it was a plea from Peter. And you know, the Lord responded. He said immediately, immediately he reached out his hand and caught Peter and took him up and got him back to that boat in safety. You know, you can do the same thing this morning. Just say, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Lord, strengthen me. If you feel like you're going under, get your eyes on the Lord. God will be there. He'll rescue you. He won't turn you aside. He didn't leave Peter out in the middle of that storm. He rescued him. The Lord can do the same for you. I think we can all relate to Peter at times. We may feel like we're uh, overwhelmed, but we can follow his example. Call out to the Lord and the Lord will hear your cry. You know, someone said Peter could no more walk on smooth water than on rough waves, except by the power of God. That's true. You know, the Lord's power is as great in the storms as it is in the calm. It's the power of the Lord that sustains us and keeps us going, whether it's smooth sailing or rough seas. You know, true peace is not an absence of storms. True peace doesn't mean a life free from noise or trouble or hard work. If that's your idea of peace, you're never going to find it. And that's not true peace. Peace means to be in the midst of all these things and still have an assurance in your heart, a calmness down in your soul. That's the kind of peace that Jesus can give you. I'd like to close with a little story says, there was a man who was on his way to Denver, Colorado, when his airplane flew into a terrible storm. In the midst of this crisis, when people's anxiety levels were rising, he was amazed by his seatmate's behavior. A petite elderly lady, she seemed to be at ease. In fact, while everyone was showing great concern, she was humming the melody to the song, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. The man asked her, he says, lady, aren't you afraid? 
She smiled at him and said, not at all. I have given my heart to Jesus Christ, and I am a Christian. She patted his arm gently and continued, Not long ago, one of my daughters died, but she was a beautiful Christian, and she is in heaven. I have another daughter who is in Denver, Colorado, where this airplane is going. I am looking forward to visiting with her, but the truth is it doesn't make much difference to me which daughter I visit. She had that assurance down in her heart. This woman had a blessed assurance that her heart was right with God. You can have that same assurance in your heart. You can know your sins are forgiven, and you can know when the storms of life come your way, the Lord can sustain you. God, in closing, He gives us some beautiful promises in John 14, 27. He says, Peace I leave unto you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That same chapter, he says, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. The Lord wants to bring us to the other side. The Lord will bring you to that expected haven, that expected end. We want to make heaven someday. We're going to encounter some storms along the way, but God can help you. This morning, you know, you may look completely calm on the outside, but there may be a a storm raging in your heart, a storm of guilt or fear. You can meet the master of the storm this morning. God can speak peace to your heart. God can help you. He can comfort you. Thank God we have an opportunity to pray. We can do that now. Let's turn to page 613. These altars are open.